0: worth deleting the app for.
1: The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik and other surprise co-hosts. Hey everyone welcome to another episode of dateable a show all about modern dating we're still in the off season getting ready for season six which is about to start with a bang but before we do that it's time we revisit a panel we moderated at general assembly on tech and dating the discussion tackled five main challenges of modern dating including the paradox of choice the messaging black hole, superficiality, lack of mystery and romance, and the lack of accountability. Our panelists included industry experts from Coffee Meets Bagel, Three Day Rule, The League, and Luvidia. And the goal of the discussion was to find ways to leverage technology to work for us when it comes to finding love. So let's go from the very beginning. Welcome to our panel discussion on tech and dating. I'm Yue, I'm the host of the Dateable Podcast, a show all about modern dating. On each episode we feature real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. And a lot of times on our podcast we hear people complain about online dating. They're fatigued, they're frustrated, and also sometimes ghosting, the texting black hole, how to meet someone in real life, catfishing. It seems like there are a lot of conundrums that people face when it comes to online dating. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the purpose of this panel. We can complain and bitch all we want, but we need some solutions and resolutions on how to make technology work for us instead of against us. So, we're gonna learn some ways to leverage technology in our search for love. Before we get started, I wanna introduce all the panelists. So if you could say your name, your title, the company you work for, and the last time you had, when was the last time you had an online date? <laughs>
2: you said no surprise questions. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Lucy, and I'm CEO of Media Dating Coaching Services. And I help my clients to date successfully. And the last time I had a date, oh wow, online online date, online date. Mm -hmm. um, We were just discussing with company's legal some some of the dating stories. (laughs) Um, It's been probably three weeks ago. When was my last date?
3: And how was it? Second (laughs) date. We will see. Oh. (laughs) Hopefully the data's not in here,
4: so. <laughs> 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 Alright, um, so I'm Daniel, nice to meet you. I'm a data engineer for Comfie Meets Bagel. And the last online data I had was a while back. I'm dating someone pseudo stately now. And uh, it's probably like six months ago.
3: So have
1: you guys DTR? Sorry? Have you DTR'd yet?
4: What's DTR? Oh, <laughs> anybody? <laughs> yes. Define the relationship? Yes. Oh, <laughs> define the relationship, you Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you have. it just been six months. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, you have, yeah, you have. <laughs> very intense. I have a Nintendo Switch now, so I guess that means something, right? How's that correlated? She
5: needs the stuff on my house. So.
3: Oh, got it, okay. Her Nintendo Switch. Okay. Yeah.
5: Hi guys, I am Blake and I am an Android engineer at Coffee Meets Bagel. And my last online date was probably a few weeks ago. As I'm sure we'll talk about and a lot of you guys experience uh, the, the waves of interest in online dating. You really love it and you're really over it. Right now I'm kind of i <laughs> doing this motion. I'm sure I'll get in and do it again. I'm on that all day, so you
6: know, I'll get over it. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Tina, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer at 3DA World. We're a personalized matching company. And my last online date was about two and a half years ago. My boyfriend is here right now. Yeah. <laughs> And we actually oh, met on Coffee Meets Table. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. um, I'm Talia,
7: I'm the CEO of Three a Rule, and my last online date was about 10 years ago. <laughs> online.
8: Uh, my is Tim Saitsev, Director of Engineering at The
3: League. Woo-hoo! Thank you for <laughs>
1: City there. My last online date was over a year ago. It was with Todd, my boyfriend, and we met Arlene! <laughs> oh not of here, no. <laughs> Do I get my $20 now, Meredith, <laughs> We talked about this, right? Amanda's like, I'm not sure I know about this. Um, so, let's start with a big poll. How many of you have never done online dating before? Raise your hand. Whoa. Really? Really? Three. Okay. And how many of you have sustained a relationship of six months or more from someone you met online? That's pretty good. About. About half. Okay. And how many of you have experienced some sort of dating fatigue or frustrations when you are online dating?
3: Okay,
1: so 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Last question: How many of you are currently on an online dating hiatus? You're deleted all your apps. One person. And when do you think you're gonna reinstall? <laughs> you it me that you have an algorithm
3: that's
2: gonna work for me. We do. A new one coming up. We have a new one too, though. You can
6: also just speak with a maker.
7: So
1: before we get to some of the challenges that you guys have faced with online dating, I want to talk about some of the good that's come out of technology. So today, online dating is the second most common way heterosexual couples are meeting. What do you think the most common way is? Any guesses? Bart. Bart.
4: Bart. Friends
1: Friends of friends. That's the most common way. And it's also
3: the most common way
1: for (laughs) homosexual couples to meet, it's the most common way. Now here's an interesting result that's come out of of, um, online dating. And it's not so much that it's a a direct result, but it's a correlation where we're seeing a lot more interracial marriages. And what that really implies is that with online dating, it's increasing your network. Back in the day, like our parents didn't have access to this plethora of people a buffet of people in front of them. So the only people you knew and got married to were your neighbors, your coworkers, ooh, or someone you knew from before, right? A friend of a friend, childhood friend. So they're seen that there's a huge rise in interracial marriages because we we're increasing and diversifying our social networks. It's an interesting result, but along with that, we're seeing a lot of challenges. We're seeing a lot of obstacles people are facing with online dating. So I'm gonna go through each challenge that we often hear. This is Julie, by the way, the producer <laughs> of the dating Podcast. <laughs> we're gonna go through all the challenges we hear all the time from our listeners, our guests, and then we're gonna try to find ways to resolve these challenges. So the first one, the paradox of choice, okay. You have a buffet in front of you. This is what happens all the time. You want to try a little bit of everything, and by the end, you have a tummy ache, and you don't remember what was best, right? That's a paradox of choice. So what often happens with online dating is that you feel like there may be something better out there. And the person you're going on a date with, you're also wondering, do they have another date lined up after me? How many other dates are they going on? So I want to turn this over to Coffee Meets Bagel and the lady. How are you accounting for this challenge, and what are some ways you're helping people narrow down their choices?
8: Should we just... Yeah,
7: go for
5: it. Um, so I copy these fable, this is obviously an issue we've thought a lot about, and if you've used the app before, you know that you get a limited number of potential free matches every day at noon. Um, it's 6 for girls and 21 for guys. And This number, these numbers aren't random. 21 for guys? 21. But these aren't random numbers. We've uh, we've thought a lot about them, and we've discovered that they are the sweet spot for each gender. And uh, what I mean by that is it's enough matches where you feel like you've seen a lot of people, and you're interested in seeing more, but not, or it's few enough that you still have value attached to each one of these matches. and then additionally, once you match, we give you a seven-day window to chat with the user. Um, you can you can extend that, but that seven days kind of gives it a sense of urgency, which additionally adds value, we feel.
8: So, we at The lead Take slightly different approach. The people we give you, three per day, that's it. So, the people that you're looking for are the ones that we recommend. We think... With the algorithm, with all the work with all the people that we've seen, kind one of those is
3: going to be good for you.
8: That doesn't mean that they're going to want you, to do that, but and, <laughs> <laughs> that at least gives you. Think about a few years ago, and it was a really rare window where you could go to a bar and meet someone. Now, if you're going to a bar, they've already met for some other reason. They're going on a date. They're meeting friends. They're too busy for dates. So now we're doing the online dating. So now. One person that you can talk to, do that for seven days. Try to keep up the conversation for seven days for those two people. A day. That's be it. So one person a day, two people a day, that's what we can see like.
1: Have you ever
8: uh, met a user
1: who's basically exhausted all of their options? I know bumble isn't represented here, but we do have a guy a friend who swiped through the end of Bumble. Has that ever happened? Oh, in
3: San Francisco? Yes. What happened? <laughs> you to New York? <laughs>
8: uh,
3: well,
4: it's all about, if we get 21 matches per day, uh, people don't have an infinite swipe option. And therefore, the, the, the turnover, the amount of people that come into the app every day, is, is higher than the number of people that actually go out because they find a relationship. So, uh, realistically, I mean, when we look at this data every day, we just make sure that there is the right balance between them and uh, hopefully you will never exhaust your potential matches.
1: And how do you account for idle accounts, people who've gotten into relationships that they didn't delete their accounts?
4: Yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, what happens is if you don't specifically tell our application that you've gone on hold, you pull it, because you've found, you've found the love of your life. Uh, we will uh, automatically the the uh, algorithm uh, naturally will start deprioritizing you obviously because we, we value we prioritize people that are active on their application that are engaged and uh, if after after a specific number of days you, uh, you automatically go on hold which doesn't which necessarily means that you have to go back on the app to to re uh, re log in and uh, restate your your status as looking for a partner.
8: Mm-hmm. Tim, how do you guys account for idle? The, the interesting thing about idleness is there's a reason you've gone idle. So we try to differentiate between, if you gone idle because you've gone on vacation? When you're on vacation, you want to disconnect, you want to turn off food and refresh. That fatigue syndrome. So have you fatigue maybe seven days, let's say, that's your vacation. So let's not do anything to you because you're going to build this up. You may slow it down, you may speed it up, but now, it's very interesting because we're creatures of habit. They're going to do the same thing. And so we can see in the data that you have met someone or you're actually much more interested in another person. So having that, having more people to distract you may not be. So that's what we're really looking at is if your habits change, that's a trigger to us.
1: And let's take this back to um, this paradox of choice we're talking about. I want to turn this over to three-day rule, Lucy over here. How do you guys help your clients
6: to navigate
1: through all these options?
6: So actually, I think a common theme that I've heard about everyone, including three-day rule, is you create a sense of scarcity. And so with three-day rule, what we do is most people work us for six months, and each month we present them with one match. And so, on the back end, what that means is we probably vetted 15, 20 people, we've only picked the best one to present. So by the time we present this one match to the client, it feels valuable, it feels like they should take a second look and we'll really consider it, and it means that most people will say yes. So that's sort of one way that we do, we bake it into our process, we create the sense of scarcity and that this person's valuable because you get one in a month. Um, I think we also do a pretty good job of trying to try help our clients navigate all the different things that they're looking for, right? So, some clients will come to us and have a checklist of like 30 or 40 things that are absolute must <clears throat> haves. And so it's our job as matchmakers to really sit down with their clients and understand, okay, let me help you prioritize if you only pick five, what are these attributes, and why. And so it's our job to really coach your clients to help them focus and have home and what they're looking for. Lucy?
2: Um, I would like to first address a little bit the online dating. So I feel like online dating gives us the feeling that we are connecting. At the same time, um, we are disconnecting because we don't have the meaningful connections, and we have a we feel like there's something better out there, as you describe it. And most of the dating apps right now are focused on the quantity instead of quality. And I have to say that Coffee meets not and Lead are the better apps out there that are actually focusing on the quality. So it's really hard for my clients to you know navigate through those options. And what I uh, helping my clients with is I tell them to focus on the people who created a good profile because those people who are investing in their profile, they're going to be investing into you. And second is when you go on a date, go on a date without expectations because when you have too many expectations of the day that he's going to or she's going to behave a certain way, uh, look at you a certain way, then you're going to be disappointed because we are all different and we are looking for the meaningful connection. So give it a chance to a person who is in front of you. Enjoy the day. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget to enjoy. They go on a date with a mission. And um, so just enjoy, be yourself and have fun.
1: One of the trends we see on our podcast is that people just don't spend enough time on their dates with each other because they feel like, well, this one doesn't work out. I have one lined up for lunch, or I have one lined up for Saturday. I actually have a girlfriend who's had over a thousand Tinder matches. She goes on three days a day. How are you actually <laughs> focusing on the person you're going on a date with? That's kind of the major issue. So what we like to encourage people to do is to spend more time with people, and that's quality time. You know, Don't do the five-minute coffee date because it's not an interview. You're there to see if you get along with this person, as a friend even, it's not so much like, am I gonna marry this person? Is this the person my dreams are rainbows and butterflies coming out my ass? I don't know. <laughs> but why put so much pressure on someone you've never met before and just spend quality time with them? It's like meeting someone at a coffee shop that you've never met before. You would give them the respect and the time to spend time with them. Second challenge we always hear is a messaging black hole. This is one of my pet peeves is you've all had this happen, you match with someone on one of these ads, you start messaging back and forth, and all of a sudden, you start talking about things that you don't really care about, and the messages dwindle down. It starts off hot and heavy, and then ends up being something superficial, or the other person doesn't respond back to you. So I wanna turn this over to, let's go to the lead. How are you accounting for this challenge? How are some ways, that the app is preventing people from getting
8: into this texting black hole. I mean, especially with the scarcity of choice, when you only have a few people to talk to, the conversations are more meaningful. And it's not really in our best interest to keep you in the app. We want you to go out and actually have that date. That's why you're there, you're looking for those people. So we encourage people to exchange the phone number. Once that's done, it's really, you can take it offline can switch to or whatever is more comfortable for you because you're having a more realistic connection. For our members, the ability to even see the reader seats combat flakiness, combat ghostiness, things like that. Again, of course, have to penalize when people are flaky and ghosty, but that's not the point of the application. point the is meet people, have dates, don't overwhelm yourself by stacking three dates on top of each other. Once you've done that, all three dates are meaningless. You're really just trying to play the number table. Out. have fun. as serious Before I turn it over to Coffee Boots Table, I just want
1: to challenge you guys with this question. Isn't the goal of, t- of um, dating apps to keep users engaged and on the app? So in some ways, it's kind of a conflict because, yes, you want them to find someone they really like, but on the other hand, don't you want to keep them engaged in the app so they keep coming back, so maybe this texting
8: black hole is actually good for business. I'll jump in for you. I think that, I don't agree. It's it's not in our best interest to just keep you there. There's so many games out there, I just want you to get that viral loop. There's just a patent release about the best way to keep you in the game. We're not playing games, really. We're just trying to meet people and have good relationships and connections. So matchmaking applications that get you to the person we can't prove that spark, that X factor, but we can get you on that date with someone who we think you can find. Okay, copy table. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, so to, to answer this last question, uh, I think I think people underestimate how happy we are when people actually write to us, send us postcards, send us pictures of their wedding. We got married and we met through this app. That's, that's, that's unbeatable. It's over everything. And uh, you're in this business if you love that. And you like to see people happy. And, uh, and that's what we thrive about. It's really, really important for us. Um, on the other side, uh, speaking from a business perspective, there is nothing better than organic referral. If someone met their significant other over Coffee Meets Bagel, you bet they're going to tell their friends. And their friends are going to go on the app. And hopefully, we'll uh, provide the best experience possible to their friends too. Okay.
1: And the texting black hole.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, so, the texting black hole is a, is a huge problem for everyone online application. And uh, probably the way i like to respond to this is through two things through the product side and the data side. So, from the product side, we have uh, specific features that we put into place to help us. Uh, one of the features is activity reports, which is uh, one of the features that we have in our app. Uh, just to, for anyone who isn't familiar, uh, what activity reports is, it is literally what it is. It's a report of someone's activity on the application. So if you are uh, looking for someone that is, is engaged, well, you look, you're going to see statistics for that. You're going to see that he's actually active on the application. And uh, it's just going to give you like additional information to like select on top of the app. On top of this, we found out uh, statistically that some people don't actually uh, write, uh, like open open up the, the conversation simply because they don't know how to. So what we do is we provide icebreakers, which is actually an amazing way to, to get people engaged. And uh, an icebreaker is just simply like a question about, uh, like a, a question uh, or like a fun thing about yourself. Uh, my icebreaker is I graduated with a crocodile outfit, so, you know, everyone has its own. And hopefully that kind of, you know, engages conversation. And we found this to be hugely beneficial. Uh, the first thing, uh, always on the product side is, as, 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 uh, um, as Blake said previously, we only give 21 matches per day. On top of those, uh, we prioritize the matches that, that have mutual friends. So, a bit that, that increases your level of accountability. And uh, also, your probability to engage with the people that have mutual friends. Uh, this makes every match not a product, but an actual person, uh, like someone that you're actually interested about, that you read about them. And because you have that social connection, that's hugely important. Uh, from the data side, instead, uh, I, I can't I can not emphasize as much as possible that the that the, the algorithm will prioritize people that are actively engaged, that are actively, that actively want to use the application. So if you are looking for someone out there and you put your efforts, we'll make sure that, that you get matched with the best people possible.
1: And I think that goes into messaging as well. How many of you have to send out a bunch of haze in a row? just hoping one person will respond back,
5: right?
3: We've all heard that.
1: If we invest more in our messaging and know what your goal is, we get this question a lot, how do I take this offline? If that's your goal, is to meet someone online to take it offline, then you should try to do that in your messaging. Instead of doing this small talk, people can, can have hours to mull over a message People can have different personalities through messaging, but your goal is to meet them in real life, right? So why not take that to the next level within the what, first few hours of messaging, or first two days, set yourself a rule. And also, we like this idea of getting that from initial message to a phone call. I know we're afraid of mess- uh, phone calls, talking to a real person on the phone, but it actually is really effective in Filtering out the people you're gonna be spending time with. You've been on dates where you're like, oh, I would have known we weren't gonna be a
2: match if I just talked to this person on the phone, right? So we've got to better. Yes, we
3: gotta
2: filter that. Yes, answer. I just want to comment on this. Um, use the app as a main theater and take it out, you know, go on the real dates, make a meaningful connection. What is interesting about you know the black holes is and and so you yeah, know and the behavior on online dating is that online dating was thrown at us and nobody said how to behave. There were never written rules, social rules, about how we should behave. When we were little kids, your mom would always tell you, okay, you have to answer this question somebody's asking a question, you have to say thank you, you have to say hello. So we grow up with the social norms, how we should behave, right? But Um, when the modern technology came and on on all the dating apps, nobody said how how we should behave. And the screen is giving us a little bit of um, um, feeling that we don't have to keep those social norms um, going. So it's it's very interesting what is happening right now with online dating. Absolutely. We're all in this together.
1: We're going to get through this together. Mm -hmm. Next challenge we always hear is, it's superficial online dating is superficial, I'm filtering based on age, height, I mean I wouldn't have met Todd if it weren't for Amanda and Meredith over there, because we were doing an episode on the league for Datable and I wanted to go on the league to check it out, so I expanded my age category and I just didn't care, and Todd
3: popped up. <laughs> expanded <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it to
1: 25. <laughs> who would have been normally not in my filtering range, but you know, I did it and, and we met. So how do we, I'm, I'm gonna throw this over to three-day rule, do you think preference matching
7: can really predict chemistry? I would say that the number one thing that we work on with our clients is to be open-minded, exactly the way you did. You know, people have these really short preferences. They'll say, I only want to date 35 to 40. And then we'll say, if I found the perfect guy for you and you you. 41, are you going to say no? I was like, no, I would say yes. So people are just narrowing their pool, and every time you add, the, add something on your checklist, you're really narrowing it further.
2: Lucy, can you um, yes, I think um, it was also mentioned over here. I would suggest to narrow it to three to five really core values that you're looking for a partner. Because a lot of, more of my clients will come with this big list and um, sometimes it's very interesting when they come <laughs> with. And, and, uh, and I actually make them, I write it down for them and I need them to look at the list and say, are you all those things you are looking for? Are you the person on that list? And most of my clients can't even... You know, but they cannot they cannot see themselves on the list. So I make them turn narrow away to three to five core things. And once you start doing it, they start coming up with a very more meaningful things than just the height and color of your hair, right? They start thinking about I want somebody who is gonna be caring, loving, and somebody who is going to be there for me optimistic and smiling. So when you start narrowing it down and then they start dating the dose limited bodies, the dating becomes way more easier and way more fun. The struggle with dating apps is that you can't really
1: filter based on if they're caring or compassionate or empathetic just based on pictures and a profile alone. So Coffee Meets Bagel, how do you, first of all, do you match people and then just give them everybody in their matches,
5: that they match these preferences,
3: or do you do any level of curation?
5: Uh, we we definitely have a level of curation. Um, these six and twenty one matches that we told you about each day uh, goes through our algorithm, which Daniel can tell you way too much about. And, uh, <laughs> and we really put a lot of thought into it. Obviously, we we look into if they're active. We look into uh, active on the app. We look into mutual friends. We look into your preferences. And to uh, answer your previous question about you know looking outside of your preferences. We also have another section that we call our Discover section, which show you potential matches that are a little bit outside of your uh, criteria range. And we've seen that it's been very successful and has a very high match rate and continued like relationship rate. Um, Daniel will tell you a lot more about it, but
4: that's really how we go about solving this.
3: Great.
4: Oh, that's, oh yeah. So, uh, one thing I wanted to say uh, is that many people uh, say explicitly they want something, but they really want something else. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's like, uh,
5: it's like. Uh, do you guys ever read Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari? Yes. He, yeah, great book. You guys should check it out. He talks about this, we really don't know what we want. That's no. pretty much the we song. We know
7: what we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, and so what what our what are algorithms do is they learn all the time. They learn they learn your behavior. You learn how you interact with other people and the, the depth of that interaction. And we use that use that information to then recommend you uh, create matches every day. Um,
2: I just have a question because chemistry is not based on algorithm. Yeah. And <laughs> you can you cannot make, you know, Connections. Um, I mean, you know, you can make an algorithm based on facts, but chemistry is not. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, does. Does. <laughs> right.
4: Uh, so what what we try with, to do with it, with uh, with our system is try to learn as much as possible. Probably, uh, you know, it, it's really hard to to specify uh, uh, chemistry. Now, if, if we find the best approximation possible and we, we, we give a, a high throughput of matches, right, of high quality matches, uh, which are still capped. Uh, I You know, we, we, we try to aim for the possible, the best possible outcome.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what we often see is that people are stuck in their own type, what does that mean? You only know what you know, right? So you're looking for someone that you've already dated before. How do you, Tim, I can throw it over to you, how does the league help people expand
2: outside their type?
8: So, we get that question a lot to our concierge, and the concierge of the league is really human meets technology, and what that means to us is the team of concierge that support our users enables them, the user, to come to the concierge and say, I'm really getting stuck, I see the same thing, I keep getting into the same problems, and usually it's, you're starting off with, hey, here's, a better way to start that off, or I'm afraid to message a guy. And that's true, because there, you know, especially Texas, for example, you just, you do not message a guy. That, you were born that way, your family was that way. And so, we recommend, let's go a little bit outside. of here. here's, a, here's a line that can help. Try this, and all of a sudden, people get better. Or, I actually just talked to a guy that would probably be perfect for you. His preference is nowhere near yours. But if you open up your preference we're not saying reduce your preferences, but try it out. See what happens. You may really have a good experience. So how do you utilize this concierge as a user? Yeah, well, it's really there. So if you open up your phone, the lead, bottom right, concierge, send a message. Has anybody
1: used the concierge? Yeah. Great. Oh, well, right. <laughs> no. I know that for the females, there's a really hot concierge guy. But of well, that, like, a hot girl.
6: She's
1: hot. Yeah. She's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I them less hot? Well,
8: <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is that matchmaking meets technology, where if you have someone to talk to, to find out, two in the morning, you just had a great date. Let us know that, because. One, we love to hear that you just had a great date. Two, that really helps us give you that recommendation. Three people per day, one of those is going to be, the one that
7: work. Can I make a note really quick on the preferences question that you asked? The majority of our success stories come to us wanting something, and we match up with someone pretty different, and they go on to get married. So a lot of people come to us with, this is everything that I want, but it's not necessarily what they need, and it's really important to work with the matchmaker and talk with them about what are your goals, what would you like in the future, how would you like to raise your children, because I think a lot of people are not looking at it in the right way. They're focused on what they saw in movies or maybe what their parents told them. It's not necessarily what they need for the future.
1: So Talia, how do you convince people to, to believe that you know whatever you're giving them may be better for them?
7: Yeah. A lot of it is trust. I mean, we work really closely with people for six months, so, they tell us a ton about their background, their parents, we learn a lot about them and therefore they trust us. So, when we meet someone and we say, he has all these things you're looking for, but he doesn't have these few things. I've met him in person and I still think he's worth meeting, they're going to trust us and go on the date and they'll be pleasantly surprised. So, hopefully at the end they find the love of their life, but at the very least they walk away a more confident data and they've learned a lot about themselves. Uh, you might not have the statistics
1: for this, but... How often do you see a client ending up with someone that they never thought they would end
6: up with?
7: It's the majority of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting.
6: And one other way that we're able to open up people's minds is we will deliver a match that exactly fits what they said they were looking for, and they didn't have a good date. And so one of the things that we do is we actually do post-date feedback of all of our clients. So after the date, we call them we say, hey, how'd it go? They tell us how it went, We do the same with their match. We call their match if you like them or you not. And so that gives us a lot of intel. So a lot of times, clients will be like, oh my god, you were right, Like you were on the dot, he met A, B, and C, but I just wasn't feeling it. Let's try something new. And so that's another way that we're able to open up clients' minds as well.
1: That's a great point, because again, on the the podcast, we hear people staying within their comfort zone. So you become these dating robots where you can go on these dates and have a great date, because you know exactly what to say, you know the mannerisms, you know where to go, but then you leave and you think, Was that a good date or was I just entertaining myself, right? So I think what we hear is the minute you feel like you're being pushed out of your comfort zone with someone, that's when you're making a true connection. You're feeling vulnerable. You're feeling just a little bit of discomfort, and that's when you can really connect with someone, not with someone that you're so familiar with, you're so comfortable with, that there's just no pushing you outside of your comfort zone. Next challenge we hear lack of mystery, and romance. Is romance dead? So with Online Game, you know everything about someone before you meet them. And some of us, guilty, do a little background
3: check. You know once in the line, just do a
1: little Google, LinkedIn, call a friend, local police station, whatever. So there's something great about not knowing too much about someone before meeting them. How many of you have had that kind of like, butterflies from meeting a stranger you knew nothing about. Just something about that connection, right? That chemistry. So the question is, this let's turn it over to Lucy. How much information should people give in their dating
2: profiles? You know, it's a, it's a very tricky question because um, I, I feel like we are, a lot of people, as you were talking about the background check, I, I'm going to talk from, a little bit from my own experience. Every time somebody checks my background and they find out I'm a dating coach, they back up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they feel uncomfortable, what I'm doing, if I'm going to be judging them, if I want them as a client, and i got a lot of those questions, are you here for looking for clients? So it's, it's very interesting, you know, to navigate in, in this field. And when it comes to sharing information, I think you have to have the right connection, right? Uh, if I advise my clients um, on the best way to connect, I would say stay away from the obvious harsh topics as in money, religion, and politics, and keep it on a light note as in um, hobbies and what do you like, and childhood, and get to know the person. If the person loves dancing, Expand the topic. Get to get to know each other. Talk about dancing. Go dancing and um, enjoy each other. So have a amount of information. Um, just a little bit. Get to know them and feel the butterflies when, when you are exploring some something new with a with a new person. I would also recommend staying away from Facebooks um, and <laughs> Instagram. Um, I know it's hard. A lot of people have a public Facebooks and public Instagrams. And the first thing I advise my clients. Turn it off. Don't allow people to look at it because you're spoiling the mystery. You're spoiling all the beautiful things you can do together. Because if somebody looks at your profile on Facebook, they see your whole life from, you know, what crazy stuff you have done. And um, it's, it's very important that you are also able to explore with the person something really fun and something new and exciting. Great advice.
1: Three-day rule. Talk about chemistry. Romance, mystery, are these just commercialized ideas that we've been trying to get back? Or are they actually
3: real?
7: I think that romantic comedies have ruined this for us because (laughs) a lot of people go on these first dates and they expect butterflies and if they don't have it, they won't go on a second date. And we are true believers in the slow burn. We really think if you go on a date with someone, you're remotely attracted to them, you seem like a nice person, you have to give them another shot because People are nervous, they might be straight out of work, there are so many reasons why they might not be their best self and when you go on a second date or a third date you really give them a shot, then their true personality comes out and so many of our success stories happen this way. We kind of push people to go on a second date and they end up married.
1: How much information is too much information to disclose
6: in your online dating profile? I mean, I think you want to go. Going back to what I said before, you want to keep it light, and you don't want to share your emotional baggage. You don't want to share. You know, you don't want to come off as overly negative. You want to show. You know, it's in some sense it's a marketing exercise. You want to show the best sides of yourself, right? Because you're, you know, you're kind of competing with other people, and you want to kind of stand out. And so, you know, just basic stats about yourself, your hobbies. You know, what are two interesting things that might make you stand out? And then just wait until the, so the actual day happens to meet them, and then you can divulge more about your background, your history, but really want to keep it light and friendly and fun.
1: What about this line? I'm just going to take a little poll here. How many of you have read a profile that said, I'm not here to hook up, or have written that? Have written that? Okay,
4: nobody's... Oh, as <laughs>
1: Guys, as the experts, feel about someone saying, "I'm I'm here for something real. I'm not looking to hook up," and they're on a dating
8: I think that's every one of our users, the ones that are there for that. We have this wonderful timeline. There are plenty of other choices. You're not here to hook up just to ruin the network for everyone else. It's hard to get into for a Once you get in, there's a level of accountability that you really need to. Live up to it. or find a different
1: But is it necessary to
8: spell out in your profile? Oh, absolutely not, because everyone else is there for the reason. If you're there to hook up, maybe spell that out as a remote. I personally I like it a
5: lot because that means like this person knows what they want. I like a person who knows what they want, and I don't have an issue with it. Granted, it might come off as a little pushy in the profile, when people have different opinions on it, but you should make that note if that is something that you feel strongly about.
1: So, for Coffee Meets Bagel, when you set up a profile, what information do you have to disclose?
5: Um, so you have to log in with Facebook, and then we grab your name, email, um, and I think a lot of it is optional. We ask you for School. We ask you for your um, your job. I think you have to give ethnicity. Um, I think we have to give. What do you have, Height. Uh,
4: yeah, height, ethnicity, uh, religion, and also mm-hmm. what you're looking for. You don't. You don't have to give a religion. I don't think. Okay.
6: Why do you have to give height
1: and ethnicity?
4: Uh, well, because obviously those are all part of the the magical ingredient, right? That the more information you give us, the the more high quality matches we can give you. We can give other people. Uh,
5: furthermore, um, you can specify other if you don't really like want to put it down. You just have to give us something so we can. Um, I guess. put But it not for the hype, first. right? No height, you have to give did You have to. Give.
8: Okay,
1: and Tim, what about for the league? What do you have to
8: give? Uh, so because it's targeted a slightly different we exclude your co-workers we exclude your friends from your pool. so the people that you're already in the know with you're probably seeing in bars you're seeing it friends events you're working with these people so facebook and linkedin two factor we know you're real because you have a facebook account and the data is actually in linkedin it's pretty tricky to catfish on the week. the one person that may have ever even gotten in was instantly identified, I think, and that's it. So it's really quite
1: helpful to the user and our whole community, because it is responsible. In the interest of time, I'm going to go on to the last challenge we hear. This is the biggest one. Accountability. Um, What does this mean? The biggest problem we always hear is that because online dating has gamified the dating process, oops, sorry. It's commoditized people and making people disposable. So what we often hear are these terms like benching, ghosting, breadcrumbing, and now there's zombie and all these all these new terms keep popping up. And my friend would put it the best. He goes, These are just terms for being people being assholes. I mean that's that's it. You don't need any other terms. So what's happening here? There's a phenomenon called the loose networks, and that means we're loosely now more than ever, we're loosely connected to more people and less closely connected to the people who really matter. And what's happening in these loose networks is that if one person disappears from your network, it's not a big deal. They're kind of a commodity, it doesn't really matter. And we're seeing that in online dating as a phenomenon where until you meet that person in real life, they're not a real person, they're just a profile. So how do we account for accountability? Let's start with um, Coffee Meets Bagel. How are you helping people to become more accountable in their actions?
5: Um, so we had uh, mentioned one of our features prior. Um, that was the activity report. And we, we implemented that um, so users can be aware of the fact that other users know that they are talking in the app, they're active within the app, and they're always aware of that so they can be more accountable. Also, we mentioned that we're through. We use Facebook to log in, and a lot of our matches we send you have uh, mutual friends, and those mutual friends hold you a little bit of accountable
4: if you're trying to be an asshole on our app. we Uh I, I really can't emphasize enough that uh, this this tool online dating is we take it we take it really seriously. If you're on our app, you're you're on to find something. and and. If from a data perspective, we prioritize the best type of connections more than anything else. If you're, for example, uh, just uh, vanity swiping, or uh, if you're just simply trying to do it for your own personal uh, lust, um, our system will understand that. And, uh, and uh, we will uh, we'll obviously uh, value a, a like from you far less than we would value a like from someone else, which gives their only like to a specific person.
1: So are we all graded in math?
4: No, I don't think I don't think it's specifically a level of I don't think we're graded. We don't have a number. There's no number associated with this person. I think it's it's more instead of looking at it uh, from a uh, from like a one number perspective, to look at it over like many aspects. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to balance people out, right? So if someone, for example, is very talkative, right, well we're going to try and balance them and put them together with someone else, which uh, for example, is, is less positive. And so we try to meet that, we try to find, like, the best balance possible and uh, give you matches that hopefully uh, will not result in, in this type of behavior.
1: And Tim, how do you guys over readily the league try to help people mitigate this lack of
8: accountability? I think if you're online, you have this self-sense of protection. You're invincible, you can say and do anything, but really you can't. And you will have some kind of reprehensible action done with you. it, It's, you've said something bad to someone, they've early expired. What that means to us is, you've matched with someone and then you've become really a different person over time. And you get that early expired. Well, the, the person may reach out to the concierge and say, well I was matched with someone and I would have disappeared from my network. They, they flagged me, or they blocked me. All of those are hints to us to say, this user is not accountable for their own actions. Maybe they should be elsewhere. Maybe they shouldn't be finding people people.
2: Okay. Lucy, how do you help clients to stay more accountable? <sighs> you know, it's, um, I, I would say <coughs> it's, it's very interesting that we actually need sometimes, you know, right now dating apps reminding us that we need to be accountable well, that we cannot do it as a humans on, on our own. And, um, I, I feel like we, we have to take a little step back uh, with, with dating and look at it. You know, when, when I was talking about the children, right, when children are misbehaving, what happens, right? We educate them, we remind them, and eventually we put some consequences on it. And there's nothing of it happening right now with, with online dating. And how I help my clients, you know, my clients usually want to date, want to invest. So those are people who are looking for something more meaningful. So I do not run into this problem as much uh, with my clients. What about three-day rule?
1: I'm sure you've had clients who've flaked out, stood someone up on a date.
0: How do you, I guess, punish
7: them? Well, we do a couple things. One, as Tina mentioned before, we do post-date feedback. So the daters are accountable. They have to call us after and tell us what happened on the date. And that way... There's no ghosting because we know exactly what happened. I think the best part about our service is we can help our clients. So maybe they're getting ghosted a lot in the real world, but now we know why. So it's possible our clients are interviewing people on the dates and making them uncomfortable. We have, you know, guys walking into the date and shaking the hand, the the girl's hand, and all of a sudden they're in business mode. So these really small tweaks can make a big difference, and then you know, ultimately they'll not get ghosted as much in real life.
1: This is a phenomenon we've been seeing on our podcast is that men and women complain about the exact same things about each other. (laughs) People in New York in San Francisco in LA complain about the exact same things. What's happening here? The things that you're not happy with when it comes to online dating, you're putting out there as well. And we get back what we put out there. So in terms of accountability, it starts with us, if you don't like someone who's benching you, ghosting you, you shouldn't do that to them either. If you don't like the hey messaging or the messaging whack hole, don't put that out there either. We have to look to ourselves because obviously, if we're all complaining about the same things, we're all guilty of doing these things. Okay, I'm going to take it into um, Q&A session now. Does anybody have any questions for our panelists? Yes, hang on
2: one second.
6: Hi, my name is Carlos, uh, San Francisco native, designer, audio engineer, DJ, etc.
3: Anyway, uh, are you? Kind of I you home,
8: yeah, uh yeah, not, no, not right now. That's partially why I'm here, but also have an interesting question.
4: Uh, a lot of people like to talk about um, 420 friendly on their profile. <laughs> That's something I like to do. It's very personal okay. to me, but uh, I'm not. am pretty candid about it. I'm wondering if like that's something that's a deal breaker when it comes to dating people, uh, or at least putting it online at first and then disclosing it later. I don't
1: know. What do you? What, what would you suggest around you, that? What do you want to ask? Um.
7: You know, I like your opinion, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. I think if it's, it's really important to you, then it's okay to include it in the profile. But if you're open to dating people that aren't 420 friendly, then save it for later, you know, the third or fourth date. Okay,
1: I would I would also
7: say, you know, there's dating apps for every
1: everybody.
3: There's a 420
1: friendly dating app out there. You might want to check that
2: out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a question, um, I don't know what I'm asking, to be honest, anybody
4: who has an opinion on this, but something I notice as I use the apps is that I run into a lot of the exact same profile over and over again. I run into uh, this sort of archetype that I run into repeatedly in San Francisco company who loves travel and foodie, is a <laughs> good adventure, likes to read a book once in a while, <laughs> you know, all of these things,
8: and it tells me absolutely nothing about them,
4: uh, because pretty much everybody likes these things. <laughs> uh, how do you get around this, or how do you? Maybe this is a cultural thing, but you know, how do you
3: solve this problem? We really
7: need to okay. 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 Well, the way we solve it is that we write the bio based on our feelings meeting that person. So when we send you a bio, it's based on our meetings. So we'll say we met this girl. She's incredible. She's witty. She's done all these things in her path. So you get so much more information about that person. It's based on our experience.
8: For us, the people that show up on other applications, they use the same photo. The way that you come onto the league is there's a review process to get in, so (coughs) we don't really need more lawyers on our app. We have we have the lawyers in the league. So now it's: Are you a doctor without borders? Are you doing something that's different than Machu Picchu? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you <laughs> said
1: this earlier. The more you invest in your profile, the better the response you're going to get. So I think this is actually good news for you because you just weed out all the people who have the generic profiles, and you'll find a few that actually spent time doing their own profile. And then I'll throw it back to you. Make sure your profile isn't <laughs> generic. Get rid of
4: those matching pictures.
1: Um, <laughs> any other questions here?
4: Right, curious. Ten years in the future, is online dating? Is this just the new normal? I think now when you meet someone online, it's like oh, we met online. so kind of you no know, taboo, but say ten years is you know down the line, is meeting someone online just going to be that's how we're you know used to meeting someone. So uh, I I think that I, I I love the fact that online dating. Uh, is, is is a tool right but you have to go on a real date. you have to meet the person in real life so use this tool as as, as best as possible but you never want to change the, the actual way you know you meet people like or, organic connections are obviously amazing and uh, what what we're trying to do with this tool is we're trying to we're, we're trying to build those organic connections we're trying to see what people what people do organically and we're trying to Basically, use the power of of you know lots of people and uh, intelligent algorithms to go that way. But no, we would never want that to change.
8: And
1: Tim, you guys are working on something. Is, so, is now the time to talk about it? The,
8: the, the internet is teaching us about ourselves. It's teaching us about ourselves so quickly, almost too quickly for us to be able to even handle it. Imagine five, ten years ago, you walk, you saw someone walking down the street on a cell phone. That was the weirdest thing that you could possibly see now, it's okay. Now everyone's doing it. So, you know, ten years from now, when we've learned how to be accountable online, what the consequences of our actions are, hopefully it's not too late, but we'll meet people who also want personal.
1: And just a technology-based answer to that question is, um, we're exploring this idea of VR dating, virtual reality dating, so beyond online dating apps, beyond the Websites, imagine two years, one year from now, six months from now, you just put on your VR goggles and you could be meeting someone from Germany at a coffee shop in France. So we is that gonna help us connect better? Is it gonna help us disconnect? What's gonna happen? That's kind of the answer, the question we have to answer. How is technology gonna help us to connect deeper, not just connect more? One last question. Yes.
4: No, I didn't want to ask questions here. Uh, without picking on any of the apps represented up in the panel, uh, maybe so looking at the maybe a mainstream app, what are your thoughts, and even if it can go, about fake profiles uh, and
8: balance of genders in the heterosexual dating world? Well, I wish Bumble was here. <laughs> <laughs> to get a profile on the leak, It's very easy for us to tell. It's got one photo, it's got no LinkedIn data, the history is there. And Facebook history goes back for 15 years now. So if you have a history of a year, maybe you just discovered the internet. If you have no LinkedIn history and no work history and you've never been to a school and your photos actually appear everywhere else online, I don't know, what does it look like,
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, uh, with coffee Stable, it's the same thing. You have an approval process before you're actually shown in the wild. There is an approval process, and uh, and that's when uh, we have like a multitude of, of algorithms or uh, it, and and customer service that basically uh, make sure that you are you are not uh, a scammer, and obviously like, there are obvious people and there are no obvious people, right? So, uh, as I previously, obvious people have like no mutual friends, a new uh, Facebook profile with, uh, with zero friends, these are easy things to spot, these are things that we got from day zero. But, they're also hard ones, there are smart people out there which, which are obviously are harder to match, and, uh, and that's why uh, our customer support is like hugely invested. And uh, we have, yeah. There you go. There, there he is. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually invested in uh, in um, in answering everyone's inquiries. And as soon as we have uh, a, a uh, like a one percent one percent signal from from other people in the community that you're that you're a scammer, well, you're gonna be basically placed on hold immediately, and we're gonna do further investigation. We take it very seriously.
3: Very yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> And seriously, we need to wrap this up. We're running out of time. Um, we're just going to go around, starting with Tim. Give us one parting last word about how do, how people can make technology work for them and make dating
8: more enjoyable. Try and disconnect. Try and disconnect once in a while just to see what else is out there. If you don't go to a baseball game, go to a baseball game. You'll meet someone. And then bring that back into online oh, because you'll learn more about yourself.
7: I always come back to
6: just being open-minded.
7: Like, use all the apps, they're all amazing, there's so many resources out there, but expand your mindset. Um,
6: Tip for women is message first. A lot of women are still pretty traditional but what they don't realize is that men love getting messages online. If you look at the average male's inbox versus the average female's inbox, it's a huge difference, so you really stand out and make the first move, and why not? Just send a quick message, and good
3: things can happen.
6: I know, I do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, my advice would be quality. Um, I see it in myself all the time. I just fall into a routine. I do the same date. I send the same messages. Really, what am I expecting to get out of that? I need to put in the time. I need to put in the effort. To put in, Make quality dates. Have quality conversation, Have quality profile. Um, get out what you put in.
4: I would say try swiping less and uh, try, getting, try just getting a fixed number of, of people that you wanna match today, take, take it very seriously. Because you can always swipe infinity, but it was automatically like, we're just gonna treat people as products, and that's not what we wanna do. We wanna actually understand more about these people. So uh, limit the number of options you have per day, and uh, consider every person
2: as unique. I
3: would
2: say go on a real date and have so much fun with, with your date and enjoy your date. Great. I would say two things. One is quality
1: over quantity, filter better. Mm-hmm. If you don't filter better, you're just going to go a bunch of crappy dates and you're in a bad mood. Filter better. Make that phone call if you can. Second one is be accountable. If you want other people to be accountable, you should be accountable too. So learn that accountability and respect everyone that you're slightly left or right for or matching with. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Again, um, if you're not familiar with the Dateable Podcast, we have a show, it's a weekly show, and we feature these real dating stories, and we had an episode that just came out yesterday about a guy who's 30, he has never kissed a girl, and um, it's not a rare situation, you know, because San Francisco attracts a lot of high-achieving individuals who focus on their schoolwork, focus on their academic career, focus on their careers, and they come to San Francisco and they end up in, you know, like in their adulthood and they think, hmm, maybe now it's time to be in a relationship. <laughs> Does that just happen like that? Boom, get into it. It doesn't happen like that. So that episode is actually really interesting because I think we can all find it pretty relatable. How do you actually go and make that effort to be in a relationship with someone? Um, We're also looking for people to be on our show for season six, which is going to start in January. So I'm sure you all have interesting dating stories. I want to hear all about it. The whole world wants to hear all about it. We're at 500,000 listens, so um, you're going to be broadcasting to a lot of people, but we can keep you anonymous. And here's a little secret. We can also change your voice. (laughs) (laughs) You're a man, I can change you into a woman. <laughs> That's true. Okay. And everybody can stay after and, and say hi to all the panelists and do a um, little meet and greet as well. Okay? So, one, two, three, stay. stay dateable. Dateable. Thank guys. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Dateable
3: Podcast.